Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. Talking. We do a lot of it, especially if we're on social media as solopreneurs slash entrepreneurs. We talk a lot about our services, our products, client testimonials, how we can help people. But do we make time to listen? Not just to our clients, but to each other. When was the last time you were able to genuinely connect with someone else in our field and have a conversation, not about how they can help you, but have a conversation learning more about them so that you could potentially help them? Starting out that conversation with, Yes, let me learn more about you. And once they've told you that, how can I help you? Who can I connect you to? How can I do any X, Y, Z for you? Think about that. What would it be? What would our world look like as practitioners, as potentially even collaborative dietitians, if we took the time to have conversations with others without any additional and or ulterior motives? An ulterior motive-less conversation, if you will. Like literally just getting to know the other person. It would be freaking amazing. We'd have so many arty besties. Real talk though. So I challenge you this week and in the coming weeks, have genuine conversations with other people. If it doesn't come naturally to you to be like starting a DM chat, maybe Put it out on your stories. I actually saw Laura of nutrition.coaching.confidence on Instagram do this a couple of weeks back. She was just like, hey, I'm having conversations with dietitians and I have X, Y, and Z time slots available. Let's have a, let's talk. Like, let's have a friggin' conversation. And it's just getting to know each other. Could you imagine if more RDs did this? It would be an amazing, an amazing world, an amazing world of potential collaboration. So I challenge you to do what Laura did a couple of weeks back. Put it out on your stories, choose some time on your calendar, and start making genuine connection calls with others in our field. You'd be surprised how much you learn, how much you may have in common with others, and just the amazing connections that you can make. And what's really cool is that when you start making these connections, you'll have kind of a sense of who you can start referring out to or who other RDs or who other practitioners need to meet. So give that a shot. On to today's conversation with Orly Vector. She is a registered dietitian and business coach who helps health professionals stand out online and create captivating content that gets them fully booked with self-pay clients. She's also the host of the Health Pro to CEO podcast. Highly recommend going to check out her podcast. I was actually a guest, oh my gosh, probably a couple of months back now, and she and I geeked out all about human design and how that has completely transformed my business, so would definitely recommend listening to Orly's podcast. But listen to this one first, because it's starting now. Three, two, one, go! Orly, welcome to the show. I am so stoked to have you on here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yes. All right. Well, let's dive into the three most important questions ever before we hear a little bit more about your RD journey. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? 
Uh, this is a tough one, but I'd have to say Morocco. I Ooh. would love to go to Morocco. It's just, um, it, I, I love Moroccan food and like everything. Yeah. I feel like I lived in Morocco in a past life or something. <laughs> it just really calls to me everything about it, the aesthetic, the food. Uh, yeah, I think it would be amazing. Have you ever been there? I haven't, but I also love Moroccan food and the Riyadhs are beautiful. I really hope I said that correctly, but like the buildings with the courtyard in the center. Mm-hmm. What a way to live, right? Like have everything semi-open air. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks amazing. Okay. So you alluded to liking Moroccan food, but what <laughs> is your favorite meal of all time? Yes. So again, another, you have all these tough questions because I love so <laughs> many different foods. You know, I could eat sushi every day. I am obsessed with sushi. I crave it all the time. So that is one, but also just like my mom's homemade schnitzel. It's so basic, but I think I lived on it for two years. She always says like when I was a kid, I went two years with just eating schnitzel every night, schnitzel and mashed potatoes. So it's just a comfort food. It's still a favorite and my son loves it too. So we have a lot of schnitzel. (laughs) Living in Germany, I would say schnitzel is probably one of my like top 20s at least. It's pretty delightful. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Let me ask, do you do like a squeeze of lemon? Do you do like a, like a butter sauce? Like, what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you put on your schnitz? Yeah, either I keep it plain or a squeeze of lemon. When I was younger, I used to dip it in honey, just like, you know, McDonald's. <laughs> I learned <laughs> I get the it. honey dipping sauce. And yeah. I used to love that. So, but I don't do that anymore. It's either just plain or a bit of lemon. Okay. Totally fair. Yeah. I feel like the, like the way of the forest one is very popular here. So it's like a very thick, like creamy, rich, foresty mushroom sauce, which is delicious, Mm. but you fill up on the sauce and I feel like you don't really enjoy the schnitzel as much. So I appreciate the simplicity of it. Yes. Keep it simple. And then final question, maybe the most important question of the three, coffee or cocktails? Definitely cocktails for me. I am not a huge coffee drinker. I like it, but it doesn't really agree with me. So cocktails all the way. (laughs) What's your go-to? Lately, I've been really loving Paloma, which do you know what a Paloma is? Yeah, grapefruit, tequila. I kind of go through phases. I was like obsessed with Moscow mules and then kind of went off those and lately just really enjoying Paloma. Okay, cool. So there's no like particular alcohol that like you gravitate towards. It seems like you, you have love for them for at least a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I love martinis. I'm going to make myself sound like an alcoholic. I do not drink a lot, like one cocktail (laughs) per night, but I do like a variety of different cocktails. I feel that. I'm not going to, I can't be the one to judge you because every time I go to a new city, (laughs) I look up cocktail bars and coffee shops. Like those are the two things that I look up all the time and we spend several hours in a cocktail bar. So I get it. Oh my gosh. Well, if you ever come to Toronto, I have the place for you. (laughs) It's very um, kind of creative cocktail bar downtown. And I mean, the drinks are super expensive, but they're a work of art. It's like almost a whole scene um, with a forest and dry ice. And it's pretty amazing an experience. I dig it. Okay. So now that we know basically everything about you, I would love to know, how did you start your beginning as a dietitian? Yeah. So I 
went to Boston University. That's where I did my master's degree. And it was sort of an accelerated master's combined with internship program because my undergraduate degree was not in nutrition. And I loved my very favorite rotation during internship was oncology. So I really wanted to work in oncology. And I was lucky that I mean, I started out as a resource dietitian for Sodexo, and I got a variety of different experiences, but all of them, strangely enough, had an element of oncology in them. And then when I moved back to Toronto, uh, I got a job, like a full-time position in an outpatient oncology clinic, which kind of felt like my dream job at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So why oncology? Is this something that was like near and dear to your heart? Let's, let's deep, let's dig deep. <laughs> yeah, no, it actually wasn't. It's, it's strange. Cause you know, when I tell people that I worked in oncology or at the time when I used to tell people it would all like the first response would be, Oh, well that must be so depressing. And I never found that to be the case. I mean, of course there were losses, um, but I just met so many amazing people and it was really inspiring. And I felt like it was an area where nutrition had a huge impact and that the team, I mean, initially like this changed over time, but initially I found that the team was very collaborative. And so nutrition was valued. Whereas in other settings, like for example, cardiac, at at least in my experience, I know uh, everybody's experience is different, but like when I worked in the cardiac care uh, area, I didn't feel like nutrition was valued. I felt like the the patients didn't care. I had, um, there was a guy who was on the wait list for a heart transplant and he was young. He was in his forties. And I remember going into his room to do the low sodium diet education or whatever it was. And he was like, you can talk till you're blue in the face. I'm not changing anything. So yeah, that was my experience there. I, I can relate in the cardiac realm of that. I was an intern giving a low sodium diet slash heart healthy diet education to a former cardiologist in the ICU Mm, for heart failure. Riddle (laughs) me that Batman. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, no, definitely not, not the area that I enjoyed. Um, So yeah, so oncology, it just, just felt meaningful to me. I, I can see that like being part of a team, especially in that clinical care setting, like where your opinion is valued, where you are making an impact. It's such a game changer for your mindset and the way that you're working with your clients or rather with your patients in that setting, as well as with the team. So I, I totally understand that. Okay. So you went from inpatient to an outpatient facility within Mm -hmm. that. What was that shift like for you? I always had my heart set on outpatient. So yeah, yeah, and I and I did have elements of that in my, um, my resource dietitian job, too. I just love the coaching, the counseling, getting to know people on a deeper level and seeing them, you know, with oncology, they're coming in for their chemo treatments on a regular basis. So getting to know people and um, continue that relationship over time versus the one and done like, Uh, experience in a hospital setting, like inpatient hospital setting. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I think the building the trust behind it, building the relationship behind it is so much more impactful than in the acute setting when people feel like shit. That's yeah. I mean, that's not the place where nutrition is going to have the biggest impact. Totally. Okay. So you had your dream job seemingly at the time. Yes. How long were you working in this outpatient clinic? 
So I actually stayed there, I think it was around eight years, but I wouldn't say all eight of those were happy. I'd say the last <laughs> few years there, the, the two to three years leading up to me leaving, uh, I was not feeling good about it anymore. I didn't feel challenged. The, there were a lot of shifts in the hospital and team and it, and the manager changed. And so, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was valued anymore. And I wasn't growing, I wasn't learning. Uh, and yeah, I felt at, at one point, I was just really lost. Like I questioned why I became a dietitian in the first place. And I didn't know what was next for me. So I ended up seeing a career coach at the time and yeah. exploring different things. Like I, I had insight interviews with like a learning strategist and with, I forget what her actual position was, but she was like a real top level person in Loblaws, which is a big food company here. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, what's a big chain in the States? <laughs> like, uh, I've I lived in so many different places. I don't have any chain like particular in mind. I don't know, like Smith's um, Kroger's, Kroger's maybe? Something like that. I'm trying to okay. think of like the popular <laughs> one when I lived in Boston and I just can't remember. It was a long time ago. But anyways, it's a really big uh, grocery store chain. And so okay. this dietitian was like very high up um, in their corporate area. So I had a, a call with her to learn more about that and how she got there. So I just explored a lot of different things yeah. and um it would be nice if I could be like, yeah. And then I landed on like, becoming an entrepreneur and everything was fine after that. But I, it wasn't like I, it took a lot of exploration and trying different things. And I taught at a local university, which, which I enjoyed. I did enjoy teaching, but yeah. you know, and then I ended up starting my first online business, which was the skincare dietitian. And I did that while I was still working full-time in oncology. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's break this down. So you knew a couple of years like before you left that position that things just weren't feeling aligned anymore. So do you know, do you recall if how many years in like you were looking for something else and you didn't know what that was at the time? So like, let's talk about some of these like exploration things on the side as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think how many years in. I'd say at least four to five years in, I started like having just that feeling of, I don't know, I'm not sure about this. I don't enjoy going to work anymore. Um, yeah. I felt bored. So, yeah. But I didn't do anything about it for a while. I was just like, is, you know, is this it? This was my <laughs> supposed to be my dream job. And also kind of just looking at where can I go within the hospital? Like, do I want to be my manager? Would I want to go to the next level? And the answer yeah. was a clear no. <laughs> like, I just didn't see any future for me in the hospital or outpatient setting. I mean, it was associated with a hospital. So yeah. um, I couldn't see myself moving up there because I, not because like there wasn't that opportunity, but just because I didn't want to. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes people look elsewhere because of like stagnancy in a position and lack of growth, but you saw that potential for lack of growth. You're like, mm, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so looking outwards, you had this career coach, you were looking at all of these different positions. Was there anything at the time that was like, yes. Did entrepreneurship feel like a yes then? 
It didn't come right away for me. I was thinking more along the lines of teaching uh, because it's something I've always enjoyed. Like I used to tutor in high school and I also always used to take on interns at the hospital. Um, And I also have a lot of uh, professors in my family. So it just kind of felt like it was in my blood. It felt like a natural fit. It felt like it was something that was sort of valued and respected by my parents. So yeah, so I kind of went down that path. Um, while I was also still working full time. Yeah. When did it kind of all transform into what you're doing now working with other RDs? So that came way down the road because like first I started my online, my first online business was the skincare dietitian. Yes. And I'm trying to remember exactly like it wasn't a clear like lightning bulb or lightning <laughs> what do you call it like a lightning moment where you're like yeah this is it it didn't happen the sea is parting the clouds are (laughs) yeah it wasn't like that I think it was just a series of events that led me in that direction like now that I think about it it was um my husband went to a Robin Sharma event so Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar he's kind of a really inspirational speaker and he has a lot of books like the monk who sold his ferrari and he does these or he used to do these big events Mm -hmm. around the world and in toronto because toronto's his home base and so my husband went to one of his events and happened to meet a, a person who's now a friend of ours but she's a coach and she you know she started her own business and I think he introduced us because he was like oh you two definitely need to talk yeah and then just somehow like yeah through getting to know her she opened my eyes to all the possibilities out there with entrepreneurship and the reason I chose skincare uh, as a starting point was because I had my own struggles with skin uh, throughout my teens and 20s and ended up healing that naturally through through my diet and it just was something I was really interested in. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what I started with. That's wild. It's, I feel like I always say this, but it's so cool how things that like small of seemingly small events that happen in our lives can impact us in such a way to help us think outside the box in ways that we probably never imagined. So you started coaching for specifically skincare then what made that transition into where you are now working with RDs in a different capacity? Right. Yeah. Good question. So I did the skincare dietitian for a couple of years. I grew that business. I ended up uh, leaving the outpatient oncology clinic after having my son. That was sort of the plan all along was just like to never go back there. Yeah. And we're lucky in Canada because we get a whole year off for maternity leave. So I had that time yeah. Yeah. So I had that time um, with him, but also to really focus on uh, growing the skincare dietitian business. So I did that for a couple of years and then I just started feeling pulled to help other health professionals do the same thing because I think yeah. it goes back to like enjoying teaching and um, tutoring and mentoring other health professionals and it just, um, and I learned so much by building and growing the skincare dietitian that I wanted to be able to help other people do that. So it kind of, um, when I decided to make the switch, it wasn't like an overnight, okay, I'm going to shut down the skincare dietitian and go all in on the business coaching. Yeah. I actually tested it out first. So I ended up taking on a couple of clients for free just for a trial period to see whether I even enjoyed it and yeah. give myself that confirmation. 
And once I realized that it was, in fact, something I wanted to pursue, I I slowly phased out. So I continued with the skincare dietitian business for another year as I was building the business coaching and then let that go in 20 at the end of 2018, I think. Oh, wow. That's such a good way to do it, to to kind of ease yourself into a potentially new niche that you one may not sure that you're super excited about yet and like kind of want to feel out, but then also you get a feel and like your potential clients get a feel of like what working for you is or what working with you is like, and maybe they can give you like real feedback on that as well. That's a really smart phase in phase out approach. I dig it. I'm a big fan of doing that. It's something I've often recommended to clients, especially if they're starting in a brand new niche that they've never worked in before. They don't have the confidence and the way yeah. you're going to get the confidence is by doing the work. And so, um, you know, I find sometimes it's really hard for people to sell when they don't have that belief. So they just take on a couple of clients, do some free coaching, build that confidence, and then everything kind of goes from there and it becomes easier to sell. Yeah, definitely. What kind of clients are you working with in this capacity? Is it one-on-one? Is it group? Tell me all the things. What is working with you look like? (laughs) (laughs) So I have both a one-on-one coaching program as well as a group that's called the Client Compass. And uh, I work with health professionals. I'd say like 90% of my clients are dietitians, um, but there's also some health coaches. And we work on, um, I mean, so it's a, it's a process where first we create your offer, your crave-worthy offer. In order to do that, we obviously need to know like who it's for, the problem you're solving. But we really start with creating that offer because it becomes easier to sell when you have something you believe in and that you're, you, you love. You love your offer, so you're excited to talk about it. Totally. So we create the offer. Then we learn how to market the offer through your content creation and getting visible. And then we transition into sales and doing that with integrity because I'm all about like, you know, feel good sales, empowering sales, not pushy sales. I'm not about that. But I mean, the process is fluid, right? Like obviously it it kind of just all intertwines and then building your CEO mindset along the way too. The mindset component I feel like is so essential to actually being able to follow through with it all too, right? Like if you have a scarcity, there isn't enough, there. how am I going to make money mindset? It can be very challenging to find the drive to continue every day as an art or rather as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I, and I think it's something that I've seen lacking in a lot of programs. They tend to focus on the strategy and as dietitians, health professionals, we love strategy. It's like, just tell me like all the steps and, (laughs) you know, even the best strategy won't work if it doesn't suit you and your strengths. And like, if you don't believe in it, or you have those doubts, I mean, it's normal to have them, but like those things are going to hold you back. So I do make mindset a big part of the work that I do with my clients. And I think that's why they get the results that they do. Yeah. Game changer. So is there a particular like, are you working with like fairly new RDs, RDs who are new to entrepreneurship? Is there a certain like target niche, I guess, I guess I should say like that you are working with in particular? 
Yeah. So I've recently made some changes in terms of like, so I told you I have my two programs, the group program, as well as my one-on-one. And I used to just, you know, if somebody wanted one-on-one, they could go right into one-on-one. But what I've kind of, uh, I've, I've switched things up this year where my group program, the Client Compass is more of an introductory program. Um, okay. So that is for, you know, somebody who is in the earlier phases, or even if you've been at this for say a year and you're not getting consistent clients, you're not making consistent revenue in your business then the client compass is the best place for you to be. And then if you're uh, a bit more advanced and you, you know, getting clients isn't a problem, but you're really looking to scale your business, to uh, work smarter, to not be hustling, to actually enjoy what you've created, to create, you know, build a team, um, have better boundaries, then one-on-one coaching is a better fit for you. Cool. I feel like that's super helpful. And I like that you've been able to restructure that in a way that you see better fitting for your clients as well. And I'm sure that also helps you in the way you structure your business so that you're not like everywhere all the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good about this change. And I mean, I love both both of my programs. I love them. I wouldn't sell them if I didn't believe in them. Um, yeah. And I think there's beauty to, you know, to having the group. It's funny because I did for, for a long time in my business, I only did one-on-one and I am a big fan of one-on-one and I resisted the group. But now that I've done it and I'm on my third round of it, I love it. And I see the power in it. I think you can learn so much from like seeing other people be coached, from hearing their questions that maybe you didn't even think to ask, having the group support each other, cheer each other on. It's like a really beautiful dynamic. So um, I'm really, really happy with how that turned out. That's awesome. All right. Well, as we are wrapping up here, I would love to know how you like to collaborate with fellow dietitians and if there are any specific niches that you would want to collaborate with going forward. Yeah, I mean, like I'm a huge fan of collaborating with other dietitians and supporting each other, lifting each other up. I, um, you know, I've, I've run summits like there. I did a CEO time summit where I, I brought on um, a bunch of different dietitians and we talked about like how we manage time. So that was a cool opportunity and probably something that I'll do again in the future. I participated in the dietitian entrepreneur symposium as a speaker and then just inviting different guests on my podcast as well as being a guest. So, but in terms of niches, I really enjoy, um, I've helped quite a few dietitians who are in the picky eating space and I, I enjoy that. You know, but like it's hard to narrow down because I've helped dietitians who work with athletes. I've helped dietitians who do intuitive eating, weight loss, all the things. So it's yeah, it's hard to just narrow down. That's fair. And I feel like even from my perspective, right, like working with RDs and like having a culinary background, I feel like I can work with a variety of different niches, too. So I, I totally understand how that it can be challenging to just like pick one or two that you're super down with. For me, I'm down for anyone who's down for food, which is pretty much everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to building a business, the foundational principles are the same, no matter what niche you're in. So I feel like I could really help anybody building a business in the health space. Orly, where can RDs find you? What's the best place for them to reach you? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. So if you're a fan of podcasts, and I mean, clearly you are because you're listening to this, then I also (laughs) have a podcast. It is called the Health Pro to CEO podcast. It's available on iTunes and Spotify, Stitcher. So check that out. The episodes are typically short. 
And I also do some interviews. So that's that's one place to find me. And then the other place is my free Facebook group with the same name, Health Pro to CEO Community. So it's a, it's a free community. I do trainings in there, post a lot of great tips and content. So come join us. Awesome. As always, it's been a pleasure chatting and I'm so happy that you were on today. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. So remember what I said earlier about open conversation? That's actually how Orly and I met. Just having a random conversation on Instagram. I'm pretty sure I stumbled across her profile and I was like, oh, she's cool. Then we talked more and that has led to so many awesome collaborative opportunities. So just be open-minded to having conversation outside of the typical, what can I get out of this? Why not? Literally, what is there to lose? Literally nothing. And you may even gain an RD bestie in all of it. Let's do a quick recap. One, sometimes you grow out of your dream job and it's okay. Two, to discover what you're truly passionate about can take time, exploration, and a little external guidance. Three, allow yourself the space to feel out a new niche. Don't feel like you have to turn off everything you're doing in your previous niche and hardcore left pivot. What amazing advice. Orly is really a wealth of knowledge in this area, and she's super passionate about helping the clients that she works with. So highly recommend reaching out to her. See, there you go, guys. This is one RD you can reach out to and just have a conversation with. Give that a shot. Reach out to Orly. I dare you. I don't dare you, but I mean, come on, just try it. Her, all of her information is down in the show notes, so it's not that hard. It's one click away. Just give it a shot. Or if you don't want to reach out to Orly, reach out to me. I'm always down for a good convo and a good collab. So all of the options. But until next week, guys, when we will be talking with Joyce, she is also in the counseling world. So I'm really excited for you guys to just gain a different perspective on how changing your mindset around counseling can be really beneficial for your clients and the people that you work with in helping them make those changes. Stay tuned for next week's convo. And as always, if you love this podcast, please, please, please share it with your RD bestie. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you haven't already, leave a review on either Spotify or on Apple podcasts. Even just the stars would help. Five would be greatly appreciative. Four would be appreciative. But I mean, hey, it's your opinion. Leave what you feel. Know what I'm saying? All right, guys. Until next week. Ciao. So full transparency, I definitely recorded this like a week before I edited it. So it was super weird to hear my intro and outro. And I was super on one this episode. But if you dug it, thanks for sticking through and making it this far for this little weird extra at the end. Okay, bye.